Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Welcome me back to the Weekend Sports Wrap Podcast. I'm your host, James Timberlake. I am back after being gone last week, and I was trying to get myself into a schedule for this show. I guess I'd been uh, posting pretty consistently for the last, I don't know, month or two or so since I took that vacation back in January. And then this past Monday, I was pretty happy with myself with the consistency I was having and stuff. And then this past Monday, I'm woken up, jolted awake at about 5.30 a.m. with a severe pain in my side. I thought my my appendix had burst. That's how bad it was. I thought for real my appendix had burst. So I immediately went to the ER. And lo and behold, a good old kidney stone. A good old kidney stone right there in the, in the, um, in the old kidney dropping down into the bladder. And uh, so I was sidelined for Monday and Tuesday. By the time I got back on Wednesday, I was still pretty sore. Thursday, still pretty sore. And uh, I was already so far behind from Monday and Tuesday that I had to put something on the back burner. Unfortunately, that was this episode, this, this past weekend's or week's episode of the podcast. So I apologize for that. Kitty Stone's all gone now, though. We cleared it out. We're all good. And um, we should be back to posting regularly. So sorry for missing last week. Hopefully you can understand. Kidney stone, worst pain of my life. Never want to do that again. Um, shout out to Sheridan Memorial Hospital for holding me down. It was awful, but you know I don't really remember a lot of the experience. But I, I, from what I do remember, the nurses and the doctors were delightful. So thank you to them. And uh, hopefully, again, we're going to be posting more consistently now again. So here we are. Week whatever. We're four. It's four five on the day of recording. It's Tuesday. Uh, we're getting closer to opening day. We're going to talk a little bit about the National Basketball Association, or the ins. What did I just say? The uh, NCAA Basketball National Championship that was on Monday. And then we're going to get into a uh, MLB season preview a little bit. I'm going to break down a little bit of every team, kind of go through with my predictions, even though, again, I don't really know what I'm talking about. Neither, no, neither does anybody else. They might know a little bit more of the rosters and stuff like that than I do, but. They don't know. They don't know what they're talking about, just like me. So we're just going to go through it all. We're going to start with the NCAA basketball championship that was on Monday. Kansas was down 40 to 25 at halftime, down by as much as 16 um, throughout the rest of the game. And they complete the biggest comeback in national championship history in basketball, beating North Carolina 72 to 69. Up to that point, um, North Carolina had been 161 and 0 when leading by 15 points at the half in the past 25 years. Both teams had five players, each in double figures, and no one with more than 15 points. UNC dominated the boards by a 55 to 35 advantage, but it didn't matter. Kansas shot 43.9% while holding Carolina to 31.5%, and uh, Kansas walks away with their first national championship since 2008. Ochai Abaji wins the NCAA uh, Tournament Most Outstanding Player with 13.7 points per game, 5.8 rebounds per game, and 1.8 assists per game during the tournament. And um, one of the things I wanted to talk about, the game was good. Didn't come without its share of controversy, though. Obviously, Armando Baycott, he injured his ankle in the one of the final possessions of the game for North Carolina uh, by rolling his ankle. And it looked like, if you watch the video closely from one of the uh, baseline angles, looks like it was because one of the boards he had stepped on um, on the floor looked to basically bend away from him. And... Um, the uh, the traction on his shoe was so good that it just ended up rolling his ankle. And that's what I want to talk about. Not necessarily the men's uh, national championship game, even though it was a good game uh, after halftime. Kansas, again, was down 40 to 25, so the four, that first half was a little bit dull. But after that, the game got a lot more exciting and more fun to watch. So 
But I do want to talk about just the idea of these games in the in the national semifinal goes by something else. You know what I'm talking about. Um, famously goes by something else. They're played in football arenas, and I'll never ever. It is the worst decision that the NCAA has ever made, and in, in my opinion, especially when it comes to the incident into when it comes to basketball. They play all of these games leading up to the to the national semifinal in different arenas throughout the country. And then in the national semifinal, they're playing in football arenas where it ruins depth perception for these guys. These uh, these courts are basically thrown together on an elevated surface so that everybody can kind of see. And they're not necessarily built, obviously, for basketball. And this is how stuff how, like that happens. Armando Baycott, he was one of the best players of the of the of the year. Um I believe he was averaging 16 points, 13 rebounds on the season before the tournament. He was one of the best players of the year. He had injured his ankle in the game before that, doing a similar similar thing. It wasn't exactly similar where the board looked to Ben when he was stepping, but he injured his ankle in uh, in the game beforehand against Duke, and it was a similar situation. And I'll ne- I don't understand. I mean, I do understand why the NCAA plays these games in football arenas, obviously to sell tickets, you know, the whole shebang. But there is not a worse. I would argue a worse ticket to purchase than one for the NCAA, for the national semifinal in basketball. There is a go watch the round of eight, the round of 16, the round of 32, or the round of 64 a hundred times before you go watch a national semifinal game because they are completely different. They're not made for whatever reason. They're throwing a basketball game inside a football arena where it's not made for that. If you're not putting out tons of money to go sit in one of the closer courtside seats, you're up in the nosebleeds where it's harder to see. The action is infinitely smaller than it is football, obviously. And it's harder to see. The nosebleeds are terrible for this. You have to basically bring binoculars. And not only that, clearly, it is a safety hazard for the players. They're doing it to fill tickets. Plus, it's on an elevated surface where the bench is below the actual basketball court. Don't do that, okay? Please don't do that. That is, I hate, I hate elevated courts like that. I think they look terrible. Plus it gets rid of almost the intimacy of the game itself. You don't have the courtside seats that you'd normally see at basketball games like this. The um the um student section is pushed way further back, so you could still see them, but they're much further behind the stanchion than normal, the goal stanchion than normal when they're at actual basketball stadiums, and it just kind of eliminates the atmosphere unless you're there. But even then, most of the people that are at the stadium can't see what's going on because they're so far up in the nosebleeds at the football stadium, at the football stadium, that they can't see what's going on on the court without a set of binoculars or something like that. It's such a terrible decision. This game was played in a basketball arena. I feel like the atmosphere, the atmosphere of it would have been a lot better. A lot of the um, the student sections going back and forth, the bands being in there as well would have been a lot cooler. And it just makes for a better experience. The football experience, the football stadium experience is such a bad viewing experience, both for obviously the people in the stands, but also for um, honestly the viewers at home. Cause it's, it's just an awkward setup. A lot of the, um, I remember this was a problem a couple of years ago, the um, not billboards, but you know, the ring of advertisements that go around a football stadium or, you know, or the scoreboards that go around the, they were shining on the court. And the court obviously was shining and it was shining back up. So you, it was hard to actually see the court when you were looking at it because of that. And it's just, I don't get it. I, I mean, I get it, but I don't understand why they're taking that 
Just put it in. It was in New Orleans last night. Just put it in the uh, the Pelicans arena and have people go buy tickets for that. I get it makes it more accessible for normal fans, but they do the the big game in football. You know what I'm talking about? The one that just happened in February. They don't play that in a bigger stadium, the biggest stadium you can imagine where nobody can seize anything. They go and play it at a set football field. That's how it works. You don't play a basketball game in a football arena. They don't play the College World Series in a uh, in a football arena as well. It doesn't make any sense, even though they used to play uh, you know, baseball at Hubert H. Humphrey Metrodome, but nobody does that anymore because it doesn't make any sense. It's completely unoptimized. It doesn't work that way. It's just a, it's a bad look for the NCAA, especially with Armando Baycott injuring his ankle again from what looks like bad, um, bad construction of the actual court. Um, and that's probably going to slip his draft stock. If he has, if he has draft stock, I don't remember where he was sitting on the, uh, on the old draft boards, but yeah, other than that, it was a good game. That made me angry though. Cause I was like, you know, they're clearly don't care. Um, and the game is just not as good if it's not, I mean, any of the other games before, before this national semifinal and the national championship game was, more entertaining to watch because of the atmosphere that was brought on by it being on a basketball court. You know, with the courtside seats, everything feels a lot more intimate. The fans are a lot closer. The student section is a lot closer. It just, it makes more sense to have it in a basketball stadium. I can't believe I'm saying this huge, big brain, uh, (laughs) big, big brain thought here. Basketball games are more fun to watch in basketball arenas. Not many people coming up with that, uh, that opinion are they? So, you know, whatever. Uh, congratulations to Kansas, though. Two thousand since two thousand and eight. Uh, speaking of great gymnasiums, Allen Fieldhouse. There's nothing like it. One of the best uh, atmospheres in college basketball, and it's in the middle of Lawrence, Kansas, which is you know Lawrence, Kansas. But congratulations to them. They won it fair and square. Um, probably not the best team through and through throughout the season, but uh, definitely definitely the best team throughout the tournament. I would say the most impressive team throughout the tournament. Really didn't seem like they were. Um, going to fall all that often. They were losing to Miami earlier in the tournament, but they came back and dominated in the second half, just like in this game. So, you know, much, uh, much respect to them. Congratulations to the Kansas Jayhawks. We're going to move on to the MLB. It is almost opening day. MLB opening day is on the, I think it's the first couple of games are on Thursday, the 7th, and then the official opening day is on uh, Friday, April 8th. So that is right around the corner on this Friday, obviously. And we're going to do a bit of an MLB season preview. I'm going to kind of break down each team uh, by position and that sort of thing and kind of give an idea of what their lineup is going to be. And then as well, I'm going to make a predictions, you know, division predictions. And then, you know, I'll just shoot my shot with uh, World Series predictions, see if they come even close later down the line. We'll just mark it and then somebody can call me out later in October and see if I'm way off or not. All right, so we're going to start with the AL East. The Toronto Blue Jays, they're going to be loaded this year. They have never, you know, in my lifetime, Joe Carter was the last time they didn't disappoint with a lineup, and that was a long time ago before I was born. So a lineup like this looks stacked, but we'll see what happens um, with their lineup as the season gets underway. Starting at catcher, it looks like they're going to have Danny Jansen and Alejandro Kirk. Vladimir Guerrero is going to move over to first base. Kavon Biggio and Santiago, uh, Santiago Espinal. Uh, over at second base, Bo Bichette's going to be at shortstop. Matt Chapman, who they got from a trade with the Athletics, will be at third base. Uh, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., George Springer in center field. Um, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. in left field. And then in right field, Teoscar Hernandez and Raimel Tapia, who they got from the Rockies, uh, will be in right field. They'll be kind of platooning that right field section. And then in the DH, Teoscar Hernandez will probably play a little bit at DH. And Alejandro Kirk 
We'll also probably play a little bit of DH as well. Starting pitcher for them, some starting pitching issues. They lost Robbie Ray, which was a big loss. He was the Cy Young Award winner last year. That would have been a great, uh, great, great arm to keep for them if they want to really make a push for the World Series this year. But they still have Jose Barrios. They got Kevin Gosman from the Giants. That's a great pickup for them. Great, uh, a great um, a value pickup for them in place of in place of Robbie Ray. I don't think he's going to win the Cy Young by any means, but it is a good value pickup. I definitely to add more depth to that starting pitcher rotation. Um, like I said, Jose Barrios as well. And then Hyunjin Rio. They also got Yusei Kikuchi um, also from free agency from the Mariners. So those are pretty solid uh, depth in the starting pitching role and the rotation. So I don't know who their one's going to be. I believe they named Jose Barrios as their opening day starter, but I can't imagine Jose Barrios has kind of been a little bit shaky. Um, I believe he did pretty good towards the second half of last year, but um, Kevin Gosman, I, to me, has got to be the guy that they're going to go with um, once they get later in the year. I mean, that would, to me, be the day one starter um, if they were not day one, but the day one uh, game one starter in a, in a in a series in a uh, divisional series or a conference cha- or a uh, you know NL championship series AL championship series that sort of thing. So I can't imagine hosting the number one very long unless he has a great year. You know, you never know. Like I said, nobody really knows anything. Um, so hopefully Jose Barrios, not hopefully I'm a Red Sox fan. I hope this team kind of disappoints, to be honest with you. Um, for relief pitchers, they have Adam Simber, Jordan Romano, and Yimi Garcia as well. And Yimi, Yimi Garcia comes from Miami um, as a free agent as well. So relief pitchers, not as stout as maybe the rotation is for Toronto, but they're still going to have a very solid team. They're going to be very good offensively. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero was able to move over from third base over to first base. Thanks to that Matt Chapman trade with the athletics and Matt Chapman kind of a dark horse. He did not play good offensively last year. He was pretty disappointing to be honest um, offensively, but he is a, a, a wall at third base. He should win a gold. I mean, he's platinum glove winner, gold, multiple gold glove winner, platinum glove winner. Um, he'll shore up that third base spot defensively. No problem. Um, so Vladimir Guerrero will move over to first base and he should dominate as well. So moving on, on the rest of the AL East, New York Yankees, uh, they got Kyle Higashioka, Jose Trevino, and Ben uh, Rortvet from the Twins, who they got in that trade with uh, the Twins for Gio Urshela and um, and uh, and uh, uh, Gary Sanchez. Excuse me, I was couldn't remember who it was. Gary Sanchez, Ben Rortvet came back, and as well as uh, Josh Donaldson at third base. Um, but at first base, they'll have Anthony Rizzo playing most of it. Second base, Glaber Torres, mix of Glaber Torres and DJ LeMahieu. Shortstop, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, who they got from that Twins trade as well. And then third base, obviously, Josh Donaldson from the Twins. And then DJ LeMahieu, probably a little bit in there. Left field, the king of the two outcomes, uh, the the two outcomes scenario. Joey Gallo will be playing left field, outs, home runs, walks. So I guess three true outcomes um, for Joey Gallo. That's, that's, that's what he sits on. And then center field, it'll be Aaron Hicks again. Right field, Aaron Judge, and then DH, Giancarlo Stanton. Starting pitching, pretty dominant, especially at the top. Garrett Cole, one of the best pitchers in the league. Obviously, that's not really, I'm not being that, you know, over the top with saying Garrett Cole is one of the best pitchers in the league. He had a fantastic season last season. He had uh, an eight, a 33.5K percentage, which is insane. He did give up quite a bit of home runs, less than you'd like to see. Um, but a 33.5 K percentage. Um, he had a 3.23 ERA, a 2.92 FIP, um, and then a X FIP of 2.93 and a 5.3 wins above replacement. He was very solid last year. Started 30 games. He's 30 this year, 181.1 uh, innings pitched last year as well. So up at the top, 
Garrett Cole can't have really a better ace than that for the Yankees. Then they have Jordan Montgomery, Jameson Tyon, and then Luis Luis Severino uh, will be coming back this year as well. He he was injured, uh, missed pretty much all of last year. And uh, he was going to be the Yankees ace before Garrett Cole came on. So Luis Severino should uh, should be a very solid number two behind Garrett Cole if he comes back, you know, healthy and ready to throw. Um, relief pitchers, they probably got the deepest pen in the league. Rolled as Chapman, Chad Green, Jonathan Loasiga, uh, um, pretty deep. Uh, you know, they're going to be studs. Relief pitchers are hard to come by, and they've got one of the best pens as well. Uh, they also have Clay Holmes, too. Um, they're going to be a solid team. I, I, you know, I, as a Red Sox fan, I want to see them fail. You know, what more can you say? But it's going to be hard to get by them. They're going to be very good again. And I wouldn't be surprised if they made it to the ALCS and then, you know, the World Series as well with the team that they put together. Uh, moving on to the Rays, the Moneyball Kings um, used to be the A's, but now the Moneyball Kings are the Rays. Um, they're going to start off with catcher, at catcher Mike Zanino at first base, G-Man Choi at second base, Brandon Lau. Brandon Lau is probably their... Their best player last year, other than Wander Franco. Wander Franco didn't play very much last year, but Wander, uh, but Brandon Lau had 39 home runs. Uh, he had a 247 average, which is low, but he is one of the uh, the two true outcomes kind of guys. So 39 home runs. He walked 11% of the time uh, on base percentage at 340. So 5.2 war as well and a 32.8 offensive rating. Very high for a spe- especially for a second baseman, but very high overall as well. Uh, Mike Zanino, another one of those guys as well that are two true outcomes. He had 216, which is terrible. Uh, 216, but he had 33 home runs as well. He struck out 35% of the time. Um, he had a 16.1 offensive rating and a 16.3 defensive rating, and he had a war of 4.5 last year as well. Uh, continuing down the line here, Wander Franco, like I said, one of the better players um, in the league. I feel very confident saying that he's a switch hitter. He only played 70 games last year and hit seven home runs, but he hit 288 uh, when he did come up in a 347 on base percentage and a 463 slugging. And uh, he had a war of 2.5 by the end of the year with a 13.1 offensive rating. So solid player. Shortstop is short up for them for sure for as long as I can remember. And he's going to be very annoying to face as a Red Sox fan. At third base, it's kind of a question mark. Uh, Taylor Walls, Isaiah Paredes, who was a free agent, came from uh, Detroit. And then Yandy Diaz will probably platoon third base for the Tampa Bay Rays. In left field, they got Randy Arozarena, Manuel Margot, uh, Kevin Kiermeyer, and then a prospect and Josh Lowe out in right field. Uh, center field, obviously, Kevin Kiermeyer, one of the best defensive center fielders in the league. Um, and then right field, they'll probably get ready to bring up prospect Josh Lowe, who will probably man right field more often than not. And then DH, Randy Arena, and Yandy Diaz are probably the most prominent names you'll see there. And then starting pitching, they're going to have a pretty solid t- uh, starting rotation as well. Uh, Shane McClanahan, uh, Corey Kluber, Ryan Yarbrough, and then Tyler Glasnow, once he comes back from injury, he got hurt last year and missed pretty much all the year as well. Um, but Tyler Glasnow, once he comes back, he'll more than likely be the number one and dark horse. The one guy you don't want to see on this raised team, what this raised team turns nothing into, you know, aces. That is what they do. Their, their pitching staff has always been very good. Um, Corey Kluber. I do not want to see a name like Corey Kluber on this team. I think they could really bring him back and jolt him from, you know, he was kind of struggling with the Yankees, even though he threw a new hitter last year, last year, he didn't have a great season and he struggled. Um, he missed almost the entire year prior because of injury with the Rangers. Um, there's one guy I don't want to see on this team. It is Corey Kluber. I think they can really uh, revitalize his career and use him very effectively. He is the, that is the perfect signing for them. They could got, they got him for cheap and you know, we'll see what happens, but 
he could be very solid for this team this year. And I am, I am scared of him <laughs> uh, moving on to the Boston Red Sox, my team. So maybe a little bit of bias here, but my team uh, starting at catcher will probably be Christian Vasquez platooning a little bit with Kevin Ploiecki as well, as well. Uh, first base will be Bobby Dahlback prospect, Tristan Cassis as well at first base, second base, Trevor story. Sorry, Rockies fans, Trevor story. He was a free agent. Got him from the Rockies. Obviously uh, at shortstop, we'll have Xander Bogarts, third base, Raphael Devers, Left field, uh, Alex Verdugo and Jaron Duran. Um, and then in center field, Kike Hernandez will probably um, be the main guy in center field, barring any injuries. Right field, Jackie Bradley Jr. and Alex Verdugo as well. And at DH, more often than not, J.D. Martinez. And then starting pitching, Nathan Navaldi, Nick Pavetta, Tanner Houck. Those are kind of the main three. Chris Sale will be in this lineup again, but he was just put on the 60-day IL. Very frustrating. I felt very sad when I saw that. But Chris Sale, hopefully when he comes back, he's dominant. Cross your fingers and hope to die. Um, but yeah, Chris Sale, 60-day IL. But Nathan Navaldi had a very solid year last year. I'm happy with him being the number one. He will have, you know, everybody Everybody kind of has those legends, especially, in, I would say more so in baseball than anything else that, um, not legends, quote-unquote, but every fan base kind of has that player that they can kind of point to and was like, oh my goodness, he was overrated for so long, or underrated for so long. That'll be Nathan Navaldi once he hangs it up for the Red Sox. Um he is very underrated, and he's one of our favorite players in Beantown. Um, relief pitchers, Matt Barnes, Jake Diekman, who we got from the Athletics and Free Agency, and Garrett Whitlock. Whitlock will more than likely be the closer, but it looks like Matt Barnes will probably sh- uh, they'll probably shuffle in and out for closing responsibility, but hopefully Garrett Whitlock is the guy when it comes to closing. Uh, moving on to the Baltimore Orioles. I know you guys don't want to hear me talk about the Red Sox too much, so I'm talking about the Baltimore Orioles now. Not a lot to love. Uh, if you're an Orioles fan... I'm sorry, tough team to root for, tough organization to root for, not very good, but we'll go through it anyways. Catcher, they're going to be bringing back, uh, bringing up prospect Adley Rutschman. He is, he, he hopefully will be very fun to watch. Um, and if it's not him behind the plate, Robinson Chirinos, and I believe Adley Rutschman is, um, is the number two prospect in the, uh, in the MLB pipeline right now. So they'll be bringing him up here relatively soon, hopefully, and that'll give something for Orioles fans to cheer for as well. Um, at first base, it'll be a mix between Ryan Mountcastle and Trey Mancini. Second base, Rugnan Odor, Shedlong Jr. Shortstop, Jorge Mateo, Raymond uh, Urias. And then left field, Austin Hayes. Center field, Cedric Mullins. Cedric Mullins, tons of fun to watch. One of the better players in the league, but he plays on a very bad team in the Baltimore Orioles. If you ever feel the need to turn on an Orioles game for whatever reason, make sure you watch Cedric Mullins. He's a ton of fun to watch. And... Uh, Definitely one of the best players in the league. I feel bad for him. I wish he wasn't on the Baltimore Orioles, but very solid player. He's a ton of fun to watch. Uh, and then in right field, Anthony Santander, also kind of on an, an underrated player, better than advertised, plays on a bad team. What are you going to do? DH, Trey Mancini and Ryan Mank- Mountcastle. So whoever's playing first that day, the other will probably DH is basically what I'm getting from this. Uh, starting pitcher, John Means, one of the better pitchers last year before they cracked down on um the uh, sticky substance stuff, he did throw a no-hitter, but, you know, that doesn't really mean anything anymore. Uh, Jordan Lyles, who they got from free agency from the Rangers, and then Bruce Zimmerman, that kind of rounds out the top three. Uh, relief pitchers, Dylan Taint, Jorge Lopez, and Paul Fry for the Orioles. For the division winners, um, in the AL East, I have, I think the Blue Jays will probably win the division. The offense is loaded. Um, if George Springer can stay healthy, that'll be a big, big boost to the lineup. And then um, if Kevin Gosman can come on, kind of be that number one or prominent number two 
for the Blue Jays. I think the Blue Jays could probably win the division. And then second place, Yankees or Rays, kind of a toss-up. Third place, um, whoever you know is behind those two, I think it's kind of. I think it'll probably be the Yankees. I think the Rays. I don't know. They didn't really lose a whole lot, but it's hard to root for this team because they you don't know anybody on this team. Um, I'll go Rays. I believe in Moneyball. Rays the second, Yankees third, and then I'll have the Red Sox coming in fourth, maybe tied third. You know, Yankees can't beat us. You know what I'm talking about. So maybe tied third. Uh, moving on to the AL Central, the Cleveland Guardians. You thought the Orioles were bad. The Cleveland Guardians are probably going to be a lot worse. Uh, catcher, they have Austin Hedges starting at catcher probably most of the year. And this is all guesstimates, by the way. Um, just based on percentages and where they kind of line up on the depth chart. So not exactly 100%, but probably. That's, you know, good insight right there. Uh, Catcher, Austin Hedges. First base, Bobby Bobby Bradley. At second base, Yu Chang and Andres uh, Gimenez. Excuse me. And then uh, shortstop, Ahmed Rosario and Andres Gimenez again. Third base, Jose Ramirez. He won't be for that with this team for very long if they're doing bad, and they probably will be doing bad. Um, Jose Ramirez, one of the better third basemen in the league. He should be traded early on. probably closer to the trade deadline and then um, be with a different team towards the end of the year. If the guardians are playing very good, because he's, you know, an asset and uh, teams would love to have him as well. Um, and left field, Ahmad Rosario as well. Prospect Steven Kwan should be coming up as well. Center fielder, Miles straw, and then right field, uh, Josh Naylor and Bradley Zimmer will be showing that up. And then DH Fran Mil Reyes, Fran Mil Reyes, one of the better DHs in the league as well. Kind of underrated also because of he's because he's on a bad team, but a pretty solid DH. Um, and then the starting pitcher, Shane Bieber, Shane Bieber will be number one. Obviously he should probably be traded as well. If they can get him off the books, if they're playing bad, he should be traded. They can get a decent amount of prospects for Shane Bieber. And then, uh, number two, Cal Quantrell and then Zach Plesak, the number three relief pitcher, Emmanuel Classe, also very underrated pitcher. One of the best relief pitchers in the league is Emmanuel Classe. He broke out last year, had a fantastic season. And then we have Brian Shaw and, uh, uh going back to Emmanuel Classe really quick. He had, um, a solid year, 1.29 ERA in 69.2 innings pitched, um, gave up 0.26 home runs per nine and a 2.2 war as a relief pitcher. That is very, very good. Um, so we'll see how long he stays. Again, Guardians are not going to be very good, I don't think. And um, if they they start uh, that they start tanking early, then we'll see if Emmanuel Classe is there for very long. Um, again, Brian Shaw and then Nick Sandlin. Rounds out the relief pitchers as well. So we'll see what the Cleveland Guardians, a couple of those names might be moving on to different teams, um, but that's kind of a lineup and what we see from them. Uh, Kansas City Royals, maybe an underrated team this year. Who knows? Salvador Perez, a catcher, one of the better catchers in the league, probably the best catcher in the league, depending on who you ask, um, had a tremendous 2021 campaign, one of the best hitters in the league last year, especially behind the plate. Um, he had uh, he had 48 home runs, uh, walked 4% of the time, did strike out 25% of the time, but he hit 273, 316 on base percentage, a 544 slugging. So pretty solid year, great def- uh, great offensively. Not as good defensively as we're used to seeing Salvador Perez, but still a solid pickup if anybody you know is is going to have to is going to use him because of you know the Royals. If they start tanking bad again, um, then they might look to. Offload Salvador Perez as well. He had a 3.4 war last year as well. Um, first base, they'll have Carlos Santana, prospect Nick Prado. Uh, second base, Nicky Lopez. Nicky Lopez was one of their better hitters last year as well. He had a 300 average. Uh, he didn't hit for very much power. He's very much a contact guy. He had 22 stolen bases, though. Um, and then uh, an on-base percentage of 360. Defensive rating of 11.7. An offensive rating of 12.6. And a 4.4 win 
wins above replacement. So a very solid bat. Contact bat, so he doesn't get a lot of attention, but he's a very solid second baseman, a very solid contact bat. Um, also probably going to be playing second base with them as well. would probably be Whit Merrifield. Um, at shortstop, Alberto Mondesi, Nicky Lopez, third base. Third baseman uh, Bobby Witt Jr. just got called up, I believe, on Monday or Tuesday. He has the league's number one prospect, so he'll be playing third base for the Royals. And he got called up on Monday or Tuesday, if I remember correctly. So we'll see him in the big leagues as well. And left field, Andrew Benintendi. Center field, Michael Taylor. And right field, primarily Witt Merrifield, but as well as prospect Kyle Isbell and Hunter Dozier as well. DH Nick Prado, um, Carlos Santana, and then prospect MJ Melendez, if they decide to bring him up. Starting pitching, uh, Zach Greinke returning home back. It's a homecoming for Zach Greinke for the Royals. He got they got him from a free agency from the Astros, and then they'll have Brad Keller and Brady Singer as the two and three more than likely uh, relief pitchers. Scott Barlow, Amir Garrett from the they got him from the Reds. Don't know who Amir Garrett is. He's got a lot of funny moments um, that you can go watch on YouTube or go Google them. They're pretty hilarious. Um, it's going to be weird not seeing him in a Reds jerseys this year. Um, and then they also have Josh Stomont. Um, as well for the Royals on a relief pitching end. Uh, for the Detroit Tigers, we got catcher Tucker Barnhart and then Dustin Garneau will be shoring up the uh, the backstop a little bit. First base, Spencer Torkelson. He is a prospect. He is a uh, he's a prospect, but he should be getting the call up. I believe if he didn't get the call up already, he should be getting the call up. He's going to be a pretty solid first baseman for them. And then also uh, Miguel Cabrera will be at first base as well. Here and there, probably not a lot, but you know, if they need a first baseman, Spencer Torkelson's out or something like that, um, Miguel can play first base as well. Um, at second base, Jonathan Scope. Shortstop, Javier Baez, a huge signing in the free agency market. He was a free agent from the Mets, and the Tigers got him, so Javier Baez will be playing it short for them. Third baseman, Jaime Candelario, very solid year last year, pretty much flew under the radar. Um, he hit uh, 271, 16 home runs, played 149 games. Walked 10% of the time on on base percentage of 351. So a pretty solid year. Uh, 3.2 wins above replacement and a 15.3 offensive rating for Heimer Condelario. So one of the underrated names and he should have a, hopefully have a pretty good year. And it'll be uh, on that left side with Javier Baez to start the season. Uh, in left field, Austin Meadows just got traded recently from the Rays and he'll be playing with the Tigers and uh, as well as Eric Haas. He'll be in left field as well if they need him. And center field prospect Riley Green, he should be getting the call up here pretty soon. And Akil Badu, he'll be in center field as well. As well. And then in uh, right field, Robbie Grossman at DH, Miguel Cabrera, obviously. Starting pitching, they have a couple new faces. Eduardo Rodriguez, who they got from free agency uh, from Boston. Casey Mize, household name um, for the Tigers, one of the prominent um, prominent prospects for them earlier uh, a couple of years ago. And he's coming up through the system now, and he should be pretty solid. And then uh, Tariq Skubal, um, also moved over to the uh, starting pitching role. He used to pitch for Washington, I believe. And he's with the Tigers now after a couple of years um, in the pen, Gregory Soto, Andrew Chafin, Michael Fulmer, some pretty prominent names. Gregory Soto, I believe was an all-star last year. If I remember correctly, great, pretty solid uh, lefty relief hand uh, reliever. And then Andrew Chafin and Michael Fulmer, Michael Fulmer used to be a, um, used to be a starter. If I remember correctly, and they moved him over to the bullpen. So pretty solid bullpen, to be honest with you. Um, I don't think the Tigers have enough to compete or anything like that. Um, but this division is not very good. With the Royals, the Tigers, like I said, and then the the Guardians, the Royals, and the oh, more more so the Guardians, but the Royals probably won't be stellar by any means either. So we'll see what happens there. Um, they lost starting pitcher Matthew Boyd. He went over to the Giants. He was a pretty prominent name in their system for a while. Um, he had 15 games started last year um, as a pitcher at a 3.89 ERA, 1.4 WAR from the uh, pitcher 
the uh, pitching spot in a 4.10 uh, a FIP, um, which not stellar, not terrible, but they did lose him. So they're going to have to find somebody else to kind of shore up that spot. And I think they did. Eduardo Rodriguez kind of fits that. He, I don't think Eduardo Rodriguez, being a Red Sox fan, is a number one. That's kind of what they're paying him to be. I don't see that, but hopefully it grows up and becomes a great Tiger. We'll see what happens. Uh, moving on, the Minnesota Twins. They got some big names. They were in the trade market, in the free agency market. Everybody kind of knows the stories of the Twins so far because of how much uh, attention they've been getting at catcher. They have uh, Ryan Jeffers and Gary Sanchez. Gary Sanchez coming over from the Yankees. At first base, they got Miguel Sano. At second base, Jorge Polanco. Shortstop, the biggest splash of the free agency year. Um, Carlos Correa coming over from the Astros. Um, now is going to shore up that shortstop spot for the Minnesota Twins. At third base, um, they're going to have Gio Urshela. Got him from a trade with the Yankees that sent Josh Donaldson and Isaiah Kiner-Falefa over there. And then uh, in left field, they'll have Alex Kirilov, Luis Arez, uh, Luis Arias, excuse me, Brent Rooker, Tyler Laurent, um, Larnack, excuse me. Can't can't read these names sometimes. Uh, in center field, Byron Buxton and right field, Max Kepler. At DH, they'll probably have Luis Arez again, Gary Sanchez, and then prospect Jose Miranda if they bring him up. Starting pitching, they have a couple new names as well. Uh, Sonny Gray was a free agent uh, coming over from the Reds as well. Dylan Bundy was a free agent coming over from the Angels, and then Joe Ryan as well. Um, relief pitchers, Trevor Rogers, Tyler Duffy, Joe Smith. Those are some of the prominent names. Joe Smith is a veteran. I believe he's 37 and he's been playing since 2007, so he'll be the vet for that relief core. Um, they did lose, obviously, third, third baseman Josh Donaldson. He went to the Yankees. Mitch Garver, he went to the Ranger, Rangers. He was a catcher. And then Jose Barrios, obviously, um, starting pitcher, went over to the Blue Jays. So lost a couple names, but signed a couple big names in uh, free agency, like Carlos Correa, and they got Gio Urshela from the Yankees, and Gary Sanchez to uh, kind of be a backup catcher. If he's not up, I can't imagine Gary Sanchez not being a starting catcher. Um, but could be wrong. Could be Ryan Jeffers all year. And uh, Gary Sanchez maybe coming in as a backup role. Who knows? Sonny Gray, don't see him as a number one. Dylan Bundy, don't see him as a number one either. Um, I, their pitching, to me, is probably going to be an issue. But this is probably as good of a lineup as they've had, um, the Twins have had in a while. So maybe they'll be good. I don't see them getting very far with, uh, getting very far with the starting rotation that they have. But, you know, they're just looking to beat the Yankees because they haven't done it in God knows how long. So. Hopefully, this is the better lineup that they can do it with. Um, again, moving down the line in the AL Central, Chicago White Sox, probably the best Chicago, uh, the best, uh, definitely the best Chicago team right now. Um, probably the best White Sox th- team they've had since 04, I think I can say. Pretty uh, pretty freely, they did lose Carlos Rodon, which was a big loss. He went to the Giants. He's a starting pitcher. He was pretty much their number one all last year. Um, but other than that, I'm looking at this lineup, and it's pretty... Pretty solid. Um, starting a catcher, Yasmani Grandal at first base, Jose Abreu, second base, a little bit, little bit shaky. Um, Josh Harrison, uh, Leroy Garcia at shortstop, Tim Anderson, third base, John Moncada, left field, Eloy Jimenez, center field, Luis Robert, right field, they just traded for A.J. Pollock, so they got A.J. Pollock, who they traded from the Dodgers, and then right field, also Gavin Sheets will probably play a little bit there as well. D.H., Gavin Sheets will probably get the brunt of it, and then Andrew Vaughn and Eloy Jimenez. Starting pitching without Carlos Rodon will probably be Lucas Giolito, Dylan Cease, and then Dallas Keuchel. Relief pitchers, Liam Hendricks, one of the best in the game, Liam Hendricks, and then Aaron Bummer and Kendall Graveman. I believe Kendall Graveman they just got from the Astros as well in the free agency market. I could be wrong there, though, but I believe that is correct. Um, 
So yeah, pretty solid team. Chicago White Sox, I think they run away with this division, to be honest with you. I don't think anybody catches them. Minnesota probably be second. I don't see it being very close, probably eight to nine games back. Um, because I think the the White Sox just have better pitching and one through nine, I think a better lineup all the way up and down than the um than the twins. And then I'll go uh then I'll go Royals. Uh, Royals or Tigers at three. I'll go Royals. Um yeah, I'll go Royals and then Tigers four and then fifth, the Guardians out um, in Cleveland. Moving on to the AL West, Los Angeles Angels. This is a dark horse team. Should be looking at the lineup all if they don't get injured because that's been the, the bug that has bitten the Angels for the last few years. If they don't get injured. This team, I can't believe I'm saying this. This is a playoff team. The AL West, especially on the AL West, it's, it's looked as wide open as it ever has been now that Carlos Correa has left the the, uh, the Astros. This Angels team has enough has enough here to make a run in the playoffs. At, catch, at catcher, they'll have Max Stassi, pretty solid catcher, great defensive catcher, um, and then Kurt Suzuki backing him, backing him up. Kurt Suzuki, pretty solid um, backup catcher, World Series experience. You know, can't ask for more than that. Max Stassi, he had a 17.1. Defensive rating last year, a 2.9 war. That was the highest war of anybody on the uh, on the team other than, obviously, Shohei Otani. Um, but he had the most war, the highest war above anybody else on the team. Mike Trout obviously missed most of the year, so that would probably be different if he played. But still, Max Dassey, underrated catcher. First baseman, Jared Walsh, another solid name. Second baseman, Tyler Wade, who they got in free agency from the Yankees. They'll also probably be platooning him with Matt Duffy and David Fletcher. But shortstop David Fletcher will be getting most of the starts there. Third base, Anthony Rendon. Left field, Brandon Marsh and Taylor Ward. Center field, Mike Trout. Please, for the love of God, stay healthy, Mike Trout. We want to see you in the playoffs. Um, and right field, Joe Adele. DH, Shohei Otani. And when he's not DHing and he's starting pitching, he'll be their number one. A, a true unicorn in the world of sports, Shohei Otani, MVP last year. Um, starting pitching, he was... He had 23 games started at a tw- almost a 30% K percentage, an 8% uh, walk percentage. I mean, the guy was a stud. He had a 3.18 ERA, a 3.52 FIP, and a 3.0 wins above replacement. He was the leading pitcher on this on the staff. And then he won- when he wasn't doing that, he had 46 home runs, 26 stolen bases, hit 257 at the plate, 372 on base percentage. The guy's a stud. I mean, we're watching somebody that will never probably, I mean, not never, but will more than likely the most unique player in the game of baseball that we've probably ever seen Babe Ruth. You know, most of us haven't didn't watch Babe Ruth play, but Shohei Atani is getting Babe Ruth comparison and probably, probably um, rightfully so rightfully. I'm, I'm going to say rightfully so that he's getting those Babe Ruth comparisons just by, you know, the uniqueness of his play, not necessarily that he is Babe Ruth, but you know, you know how unique he is and how he plays. Um, also, looking at the rotation, other than Shohei Otani, they got Noah Syndergaard. I think that's a great pickup for them. Free agent from the Mets. Um, if he can stay healthy as well, that'll be a great number two to have behind Shohei. And then uh, they also have Patrick Sandoval as the number three here. Um, relief pitchers, they got Rizel Iglesias, one of the better closing pitchers in the league. Ryan Tapera, a free agent from the Cubs. And then Mike Myers um, as another relief pitcher in that pen. They did lose Alex Cobb. He was a starting pitcher. He went over to the Giants. I think Alex Cobb would have been a great, a perfect fit as a number three guy for this uh, for this rotation. If Noah Syndergaard hadn't got healthy, he could have slotted into that two spot as well. So that would have been fantastic. Um, but they lost him. Obviously, he went over to the Giants. And that one-two of Shohei Otani and Noah Syndergaard, I think, is still pretty solid, even without um, Alex Cobb. As Alex Cobb is a three 
Um, but Noah Syndergaard and Shohei Otani, a good one too. I, you know, if they stay, if they both stay healthy, um, I think that's a one of the better one twos in the league. Um, not one of the better ones, but a, a solid one too. Top ten, I would say. Um, Los Angeles, the Los Angeles Angels. Like I said, they should be competing this year if they can stay healthy. Please, for the love of God, stay healthy. Um, we just want we want to watch Mike Trout. Okay, we want Mike Trout to be. We want Mike Trout to be Willie Mays. That's all we ask for. Okay, that's all we want. And if he keep playing, he's basically Willie Mays. That's all we want. I want to see him in the playoffs. Please, injury gods, please let him stay healthy. Uh, moving on to the Houston Astros, the dominant team in this division in this division for the last few years. Um, they're as weak as they've ever been. I mean, not as ever, but in this run that they've had, this is as bad of a team as they've had, to be honest. Um, at catcher, they'll have Martin Maldonado. Defensive backstop doesn't hit very well. At first base, they'll have Yuli Gurriel. Pretty solid um, pretty solid player, but he is getting up there in age, so we'll see how that affects him. Um, at second base, Jose Altuve, obviously. At shortstop, with Carlos Correa gone, they'll probably have prospect Jeremy Pena take over. At third base, uh, they'll have Alex Bregman. Left field, Michael Brantley and Chaz McCormick. Center field, Jake Myers and Jose Siri. Right field, Kyle Tucker. DH, Jordan Alvarez. And starting pitching, Framber Valdez, Justin Verlander, and uh, Luis Garcia. Uh, Justin Verlander is coming back from last year. Last year he was hurt, um, so that'll be good for them at the starting pitcher role. But um, that'll boost their starting pitching. But again, they, they lost Carlos Correa, and that's a pretty big loss for them. Um, and relief pitching, Hector Neris, free agent, coming over from the Phillies, Ryan Presley and Ryan Stanek. Um, pretty solid relief pitching. But again, they lost Carlos Correa. We'll see how much that hurts. I know him and Jose Altuve obviously had a great relationship and that made for a pretty solid, one of the best infields in the MLB. And with him gone, we'll see if they can kind of bandage it together and see if it works out. But on paper, at least looks like one of the weaker Houston Astros teams that we've seen in the last five to seven years, I would say. Uh, Moving on to the Moneyball Oakland Athletics. If they can pull it together somehow, it's probably it's almost not going to happen at all. I don't see it happening at all. But if that front office can pull this together with the 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 roster that I'm looking at here, they will be making Moneyball two by the end of the offseason. Um, at catcher, they have Sean Murphy, Stephen Vogue will be backing him up. Um, first baseman Stephen Vogue. First base will be Stephen Vogue more than often than not. And then Seth Brown, second baseman Tony Kemp and Jed Lowry. Shortstop Elvis Andrews, third base prospect Kevin Smith, um, and prospect Sheldon Noose. Um, third base is kind of a mystery now that Matt Chapman is gone, so that's kind of what what uh, fan um, FanDuel or FanGraphs is kind of thinking. Uh, Kevin Smith and Sheldon Noose. Left field Seth Brown, Chad Pinder, Stephen Piscotty. Center field Christian Patch, who they got from a trade with the Braves. Um, in right field they'll have Roma, uh, Ramon Laureano and uh, Stephen Piscotty. And at DH, probably Jed Lowry and Steven Piscotti as well. Uh, starting pitching, Frankie Montas, Cole Irvin, Dalton Jeffries. Relief pitchers, Lou Trevino, Domingo Acevedo, and A.J. Puck. Um, lost. They lost a lot of players. They lost a lot of players. Uh, first baseman, Matt Olson went to the Braves. Third baseman, Matt Chapman went to the Blue Jays. Outfielder, Mark Cano went to the Mets. Starting pitcher, Chris Bassett went to the Mets. Starting pitcher, Sean Manaya just recently got traded to the Padres. So they're playing true money ball. This is a true money ball team they're putting out on the field week in, week out with this team. Um, I think I read somewhere their payroll is below 35 million, and there's a couple players in the league that'll make more money than that this year, just singular players this year alone than the entire payroll of the Oakland Athletics. So, you know, don't doubt the Oakland Athletics, thanks to Moneyball, but 
This one is not looking good. Uh, not looking great. Uh, moving on to the Seattle Mariners out uh, out west in Seattle, obviously. Um, this is one of the better teams they've had in recent memory. Tom Murphy at catcher. Cal Raleigh at, at, uh, at catcher as well. Ty France at first. Second baseman will be Adam Frazier. Shortstop, J.P. Crawford. Third base, Eugenio Suarez, who they got from the Reds. Left field, Jesse Winker, who they got from the Reds as well. And Jared Kalenic. Uh, center field, Julio called up one of their top prospects. Um, and then Jared Kalenic would be backing him up and Kyle Lewis as well. And right field, Mitch Hanniger, and then Julio Rodriguez as well in right field probably. Uh, starting pitching, big get for them. Robbie Ray, uh, the Cy Young last year in the AL. He was a free agent from the Blue Jays. And that is a huge get for them. That is a clear number one um, for this season to start to start the season. And then they also have Marco Gonzalez and Chris Flexen. And then relief pitchers, they have Paul Sewald, Drew Steckenrider, and Diego Castillo. Um, I don't know... 100% how I feel for this Mariners team. I like the depth chart that I'm looking at. It looks like they're going to be pretty solid. Um, I also didn't say DH. DH is probably going to be Mitch Hanniger and Jesse Winker more often than not, and then maybe a little bit of Kyle Lewis as well. Um, the Mariners have a history of underachieving. Um, that is kind of what this franchise is known for. But, I mean, this is one of their better, better teams. Absolutely one of their better teams. Um so, you know what? I think, uh, you know, they'll be pretty good. I'm going to say they'll be pretty good. How about that? How about that for analysis? I think they should be good. They should compete for this division. Uh, definitely. Um, but the Houston Astros looking like how they are. The Angels always a question mark. Um, we'll see what happens. But I think they should should be able to compete for this division. Uh, the Texas Rangers, moving on to them. Uh, Mitch Garver, they got uh, at the backstop now, who they got in free agency from the Twins. Uh, at first base, they'll have Nate Lowe. Second base, Marcus Simeon. Huge signing for them. They got in free agency from Blue Jays. And then moving over to the shortstop position, they got Corey Seager in a free agency signing from the Dodgers. So their middle um, their middle infielders are as good as anybody in the league, I would argue, um, especially with Simeon coming off the year that he's had or that he did have last year. Um, and then Seager, I think it was hurt pretty prominently last year, but um, still a solid signing for them. Um, we'll see what happens. But uh, that middle infield is very solid. At third base, they'll have Andy Ibanez and Brad Miller. Brad Miller coming over from the Phillies. Uh, in left field, Willie Calhoun, Nick Solak backing him up, and Brad Miller as well. In center field, Adolis Garcia, one of the underrated rookies last year. He should have a better season. Um, kind of crashed towards the end of last season, in the second half of last season anyways. Um, gotta get He's got to get his K percentage down. He had a 31.2% strikeout percentage and a 5.1% walk percentage. If he can get the K percentage down and the walk percentage up, should be a very solid player. He had 31 home runs, 16 stolen bases last year. So we'll see what happens there. Um, he had a 2.8 war. So should be very good. Hopefully, if he can get those numbers down, that'll be a good dark horse candidate for them. Um, and then backing him up in center field will be Evan White. And right field, Cole Calhoun, who they got from, I didn't write it down here, from, uh, I believe, the Angels. No, the Diamondbacks. From the Diamondbacks. That's who we played for last. And then uh, Dolas Garcia will be backing him up in right field. At DH, probably more often than not, Willie Calhoun. And then a starting pitcher, uh, John Gray, coming from the Rockies as a free agent. Uh, Martin Perez, coming from a free agent from the Red Sox. And then Dane Dunning. And then relief pitchers, Joe Barlow, uh, Josh uh, Spores, and then uh, Brett Martin. Uh, they lost Isaiah Kiner for Leffert to the Yankees. Previously the Twins, and the Twins traded him to the Yankees. Um, this team, man, the AL West is really wide open. Um, I don't think... The starting pitching is not there. I don't think this team will compete. Um, I could see them probably getting third, maybe fourth, fourth or maybe third. Um, but yeah, if John Gray can kind of bounce back, then maybe uh, competing for second place, I would say. But Martin Perez 
as a Red Sox fan, I can say I don't, I've never really seen it from him. And then um, their relief pitching, uh, relief pitching isn't outstanding either. So they made a couple of really good signings. Marcus Simeon, Corey Seager, that'll be really good for offense. Adoles Garcia, hopefully he can bounce back a little bit and play, um, especially from that second half, you know, get the K percentage down and the walk percentage down as well. And then Brad Miller, an underrated signing from the Phillies as well, kind of a utility man. Um, he can play anywhere. I believe he had a three home run game last year as well. And um, he was pretty solid. We'll see what happens. I don't think they're going to be stellar. I don't think they're going to compete for the division. They'll be better than they have been, though. Um, but for this division, my predictions. I'm going to go the Angels. I'm. This is a dangerous pick. This is a dangerous pick. All it takes is one injury on this team, and it is crashing to the bottom of the ocean. But I'm going to go the Angels. I like this lineup. Um, I'm trusting Mike Trout. I'm trusting Shohei Otani to stay healthy. Anthony Rendon can kind of bounce back a little bit in his older age. David Flet- David Fletcher is a pretty solid contact hitter, good two or a leadoff man. Jared Walsh should be getting better. I'm going Angels. I think the Angels win this division. Second place, um, the Astros. I'll go third place. I'll go the Mariners, and then fourth place, I'll go the Rangers. Shout out to Colin Mason, my good buddies. They're both Rangers fans. Sorry guys, I don't see it with the starting pitching. Um, I'll go the Mariners and then fifth, obviously I'll go the, uh, Oakland athletics. I don't think they'll be able to pull it off. I don't think the money ball will work this year. Unfortunately, um, moving over to the national league, we've got the Atlanta Braves starting off the defending world champions, world series champions, the Atlanta Braves. I think they still have a pretty solid lineup. They're going to be getting Acuna back, which would be huge. For them, if he can come back and kind of be the guy that they were missing, even though they didn't really miss him all that much last year. Um, clearly, because they won the World Series. Um, they are going to miss Freddie Freeman. He's gone. He went to the Dodgers. That's a big loss for them. Um, but, you know, going from catcher, again, all the way around the horn. At catcher, Travis Darno probably getting most of the starts at first base. Matt Olson, who they traded and got from the uh, the Athletics. Second base, Ozzy Albies. Shortstop, Dansby Swanson. Uh, Dansby Swanson, Swanson, best hair in the MLB. I'll stand by that. Third base, Austin Riley. Left field, Marcelo Zuna. Center field, Ronald Acuna Jr. If he can get, uh, if he can play, and then Adam Duvall also will be backing him up more than likely. And then in right field, um, Adam Duvall, and then Eddie Rosario, who they re-signed as well. And then at DH, um, DH probably uh, Alex Dickerson, and then uh, and then Ronald Acuna Jr. here and there as well. Um, if he if he's not going in center field. It'll probably be, probably be Ronald Acuna playing a little bit of a DH as well. And then uh, starting pitching, a lot of the same a lot of the same names that we know and love from the Atlanta Braves. Max Freed, Charlie Morton, Ian Anderson, common names that we've seen with the, the Atlanta Braves for a while now. And then relief pitching, kind of the same idea. Will Smith, Kenley Jansen, Tyler Matzik, those are kind of the big names. Colin McHugh as well. And then relief pitching uh, in, the, in that bullpen as well. Very solid bullpen. Um, starting pitching, Still kind of a question mark. I don't know how much I believe in Max Freed, to be honest with you, still. Um, but hey, I mean, well, who am I to say? They just won the World Series, you know, less than, you know, less than a couple months ago. So, you know, I still think this team's very solid. Acuna coming back. Hopefully he can come back to what he was and uh, they'll be a very solid team. Moving on to the Miami Marlins, maybe a little bit better than last year. Maybe more of the same. It's kind of hard to tell. Uh, Miami Marlins are kind of a an array of question marks to be honest with you at catcher they'll have jacob stallings first base um jesus aguilar 
Second base, Jazz Chisholm, one of the best players, not best, but one of my favorite players to watch in the league, Jazz Chisholm Jr. Uh, shortstop, Miguel Rojas. Third base, Brad An- or Brian Anderson. And then Joey Wendell probably be backing him up a little bit at third base. Left field, newly signed Jorge Soler. Probably get uh, a prominent amount of the starts in left field. At center field, um, center field's kind of a weird one. We'll move over to right field. Adolis Garcia will be over in right field. But, you know, we'll see what happens. But right field, Adolis Garcia's. Um, center field, Jesus Sanchez, probably. I believe he's a prospect, if I remember correctly. No, he's not a prospect. Well, I mean, a little bit of a prospect. He was in AAA last year with Miami. So, kind of a prospect, but... You know, not not the prospect in the terms of, you know, he, he played last year. He played in 20, uh, 2020 as well. So not prospect by the literal literal sense of the word. Um, but they're going to be, you know, pretty average. I don't see them being world killers or anything like that. Um, uh, DH, they'll probably have Jorge Soler as well. And then uh, Garrett Cooper will be playing DH as well, a little bit back and forth with him. Uh, starting pitcher, uh, Sandy Alcantara, one of the better players in the league. Uh, one of the better pitchers in the league. He just signed an extension as well, if I remember correct. Trevor Rogers will be in there as well. And then uh, Pablo Lopez as well, one of their more prominent starting pitchers. That'll be one, two, three for them. Uh, relief pitching, uh, Austin Bender. He'll be a relief pitcher. That'll be for them. Austin Bass as well. And then um, not not Austin Bender, Anthony Bass. I don't know why I said Austin. Um, those will be your prominent pitchers as well in the pen for the Miami Marlins. I don't see them competing or anything like that, but... Being a Marlins fan is watching the prospects grow up and become better players. That's that's what being a Marlins fan is all about. Um, moving on to the New York Mets out in the um, in the uh, in the East in the NL East, probably had the best offseason. I'm going to say that lightly. Um, Jacob Degrom he got hurt again. Oh dang it! Um, he got hurt. Max Scherzer they got they signed Max Scherzer though, so probably the best one two in the league. If DeGrom can stay healthy, which he's not, but he should be back here pretty soon. And Scherzer can stay healthy, easily the best one-two in the league. They also got Chris Bassett, Taiwan Walker, Carlos Carrasco. So, solid team, solid starting rotation. At catcher, James McCann, first base, Pete, Pete Alonzo. Um, second base, uh, uh, James McNeil. And then shortstop, Francisco Lindor. Third base, Eduardo Escobar. Uh, left field, Mark Canna. Center field, our very own Wyoming zone, Brandon Nimmo. And then right field, Starling Marte more often than not as well. And then, um, yeah, short uh, second base, I, I believe I said James McNeil. It's Jeff McNeil. Jeff McNeil in second base. And then at DH, Robinson Cano, if you can believe that. He's still he's still hanging around. Um, he'll probably be the DH more often than not. Relief pitchers, they got one of the better bullpens as well. Edwin Diaz, Adam Adovino, Seth Lugo, Trevor May. Pretty solid bullpen. Um, Mets should be good, man. I mean, they're, they got a pretty solid lineup. Nothing that really blows your, you know, blows you away other than Scherzer and DeGrom, obviously. Um, Nimmo was very good last year. Wyoming zone, obviously, like I said. 292 average last year, a 401 on base percentage. That's very good. Uh, 14% walk percentage, a 20% K percentage, a 17.3 offensive rating, and a 4.4 defensive rating. He led the team in war uh, offensively with a 3.5 uh, 3.5 wins, wins above replacement. So very solid position player. Wyoming zone, Cheyenne zone, Brandon Nimmo, and then Jacob DeGrom, obviously 4.9 wins above replacement last year. And he played 15 games. The dude's insane um, compared to Marcus Stroman, who played in 33 games. So the guy's insane. If Jacob DeGrom, please stay healthy as well. Um, he had a 1.08 ERA last year. Good Lord. 
and a 45.1 strikeout percentage and a 3.4 walk percentage. The guy was absolutely unreal last year. If he can stay healthy, he'll be one of the better players in all of baseball, bar bar none. Only thing that we got to watch out for is injuries. So cross your fingers, unless you're, you know, an NL East team, a fan of an NL NL East team that is not the Mets, then don't cross your fingers. Um, The Washington Nationals, they had a couple big splashes in free agency as well. One of them, the biggest one, um, Nelson Cruz, he'll probably be playing DH more often than not. They don't, they do not want to see him out in left field. One well, national fans, Nationals fans do not want to see him running around in right field or left field. So Nelson Cruz more often than not be the DH. And uh, he's had a pretty good spring already. He's had a couple home runs, a couple big home runs. And um, the guy's 42 and still doing it. So who knows how, but Nelson Cruz, there you go. Um, catcher Kyber Ruiz, who they got from the Dodgers last year. First base, Josh Bell. Second base, Cesar Hernandez. Uh, shortstop, Edouard, uh, excuse me, Alcides Escobar. Third base, um, Connor Kaiboom. Fantastic name. One of the best names in the league. Connor Kaiboom. Uh, left field, Logan Thomas. And then uh, center field, Victor Robles. And then right field, of course, the incredible, very underrated Juan Soto. Juan Soto in right field. He'll probably be getting 90% of the starts over in right field. Um, yeah, one of the best players in the league. Juan Soto last year. Absolutely dominated. Third, 313 average, 465 on base percentage. Um, the guy's insane. 48.7 offensive rating, a 6.6 win, 6.6 wins above replacement. He had 29 home runs, and uh, he struck out 14% of the time and uh, it walked 22% of the time. One of the best hitters in the league, without a doubt, and uh, a lot of fun to watch. If you're watching a Nationals game, that's the guy to watch, obviously. For their starting rotation, it'll more than likely be Patrick Corbin, Josiah Gray, and then uh, in uh, Annabelle Sanchez, as well as Steven Strasburg if he um, he gets healthy and comes back as well. In the bullpen, they'll have like Kyle Finnegan, Steven Ciszek, and uh, Sean Doolittle as well. So pretty decent um, starting pitching. Not what you exactly what you want to see. If Steven Strasburg can come back and kind of dominate, that'll be a good number one for them. And um, I don't see them competing in this division. This division's pretty pretty top heavy. It's as good of a division as we've seen. Not as good of a division, but as good as the uh, NL East has been in recent memory. Um, so yeah, I don't see them competing in this division, but um, but still some pretty solid names on that team. Juan Soto, I don't think they'll trade him because he's just he's that good. He's probably the guy they want to rebuild with. But um, you know, somebody to bring the bring the names, uh, bring the butts into the seats, if you will. Uh, the Philadelphia Phillies had a pretty uh, pretty pretty. Pretty active offseason as well, I'd say. Um, a catcher, they'll have JT Real Muto, one of the better catchers in the league. First base, Reese Hoskins. Second base, Gene Segura. Shortstop, DD Gregorius. Third base, um, Alec Baum. Um, and then uh, left field, Nicholas Castellanos. And then Kyle Schwarber kind of platooning left field a little bit. Castellanos and Schwarber, both names they got in the offseason. In center field, Odubel Herrera and Matt Vierling will probably platoon that. Right field, Bryce Harper, obviously. And then the DH will be uh, more often than not Kyle Schwarber probably, and then mixed with uh, Nicholas Castellanos as well. Starting pitching: Aaron Nolan, Aaron, Aaron Nolan, Aaron Nola, Kyle Gibson, and Zach Wheeler. Pretty solid one through three to be honest. Zach Wheeler, one of the underrated pitchers last year, right next to um, uh, Degrom for Cy Young for sure. Or not Degrom, excuse me, um, Corbin Burns last year for Cy Young. Um, Zach Wheeler is, I think, believe I believe he was second in that running, and Zach Wheeler is a great number one. Aaron Nola, solid number two. Kyle Gibson, a pretty solid number number three. So pretty good starting pitching from them. Uh, their relief pitching was a big question mark last year. Corey Knable, though. They got Corey Knable, Jose Alvarado, and Jerry's uh, Familia, Brad Hand as well. So 
We'll see if their relief pitching can be a little bit better from last year. And if not, then they'll underachieve like they did last year. So we'll see what happens. Moving on to, well, actually, let me give you a prediction for the NL East. Um, NL East. I want to say the Braves again, but I, re- I don't know why I don't believe in that roster as much as I believe in the Phillies roster. Um, that could just be recency bias because I was literally just looking at it, but that offense for the Phillies is very solid. Um, I'll go Phillies, and then I'll go Mets, believe it or not, and then I'll go Braves. Um, but Braves could easily jump the Mets for that number two spot, and I'll, go, I'll do that. I'll go Phillies. Yeah, I'm going to go Phillies, actually. Phillies, Braves, Mets, and then Nationals, Marlins. One, two, three, four, five. Phillies winning the division of the NL East. Moving on to the NL Central. Not a hugely, um, not a massively competitive um, NL Central that we're used to seeing. It looks like it's probably going to be a two-team race this year, starting off with the Milwaukee Brewers at catcher. They'll have Omar Navarez, first base, Rowdy Tellez, uh, second base, Colton Wong, uh, shortstop, Willie Adamas, third base, Luis uh, Urias, and then left field, Christian Yelich, center field, Lorenzo Kane, right field, Hunter Renfro, DH, Andrew McCutcheon, and maybe a little bit of uh, Christian Yelich as well in the DH. Starting pitching, probably the best starting pitcher group of the of the uh, in the entire in the entire league. Um, Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns, Corbin Burns obviously just won the Cy Young last year. Freddie Peralta as well, and then Adrian Hauser, great one through four. Corbin Burns and Woodruff make a very very solid uh, one and two, and then Freddie Peralta was a All Star last year. So we'll see how that works out. Corbin Burns though should have another stellar year. Uh, relief pitching, one of the best relief pitching groups in the league as well. Josh Hader, Devin Williams. Followed by Brent Suter, Brad Boxenberger. Pretty solid relief pitching as well. Their offense has always been kind of a question mark, though. If Yelich can bounce back, that'll be huge for them. Yelich was kind of, kind of had a disappointing 2020 and 2021. Um, if he can bounce back, that'll be massive for them. And Locaine, if he can dip into the, uh, the fountain of youth, if you will, that'll be big for them. I mean, Hunter Renfro played pretty good this year. Their infield is not, you know, doesn't blow, doesn't jump off of the screen. Colton Wong, very solid defensively. Willie Adamas. Pretty solid with the bat, but pretty solid defensively as well, I would say. Um, nineteen, Yeah, 19.6 offensive rating for Willie Adamas last year and a 5.4 defensive rating, 3.9 war. So he had a good year last year. I'll give him that. Uh, 285 average, 20 home runs, four stolen bases, um, 25% uh, 25% K percentage, um, a WORC plus of 135. So he was a very strong bat, Willie Adamas was last year. Colton Wong, I in my head, more of a defensive second baseman in my mind. But um, according to this, he had a little bit better of an offensive year than he did defensive year, 272 average or 335 on base percentage. So, you know, they don't have the power bats that you're used to seeing, um, on, on, like first base and third base and um, even, you know, catcher or left field, even though Yelich is kind of a a, a power bat. But um, we'll see what happens. They got one of the best, again, one of the best uh, starting rotations and then bullpens as well in the league. So they should be they should still be pretty good uh, regardless of, you know, their offense if their offense is struggling again, like it was, you know, a year ago or two years ago. Moving on to the Milwaukee, no, excuse me, not the Milwaukee, just talked about them, the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, St. Louis Cardinals, maybe one of the underrated off-seasons of the se- uh, of the year because of the signing of Albert Pujols, of course. He's going to be stellar for them. I'm just kidding. I'm joking. Too old. Um, Not too old. You know, he's a machine. But I don't see him providing as much as people think he will. I think it's kind of a retirement thing. Um, but, I mean, it looks like he's going to be more often than not the DH for this team. 
Um, but starting from the catcher, Yadier Molina, obviously, he'll short up behind the backstop, no problem. First base, Paul Goldschmidt. Second base, Tommy Edmond. Shortstop, Paul DeYoung. Uh, third baseman, Nolan Arenado. Left field, Tyler O'Neill. Center field, Harrison Bader. And then right field, Dylan Carlson. One of the best defensive outfields in the league, for sure. One of the fastest teams in the league, for sure, as well. Um, and then at DH, you got everybody. You got, you know, Albert Pujols slowing everybody down. Corey Dickerson will probably play a little bit DH as well. And then one of the best names in the MLB, Lars Newtbar. Probably play a little bit more DH as well, even though he's primarily a, uh, a right fielder. But he'll probably play more often than not a little bit of DH. But Lars Newtbar, how about that for a name? Starting pitching, Adam Wainwright, Steven Matz, Jack Flattery as well. Um, pretty solid starting pitching. Adam Wainwright feels like he's a 1,000. Um, Jack Flattery, though, he kind of looks like he's a mix of both Adam Wainwright and like Chris Carpenter. If they were to have a kid, it would look like Jack Flattery. That's just my opinion. Leaf pitchers, Giovanni Galag- uh, Gallegos, excuse me, uh, Jordan Hicks. Jordan Hicks, who had a very good first half of the year and then completely collapsed in the back half of the year. And then uh, Genesis Cabrera as well for the Cardinals. So those are kind of the big names in the in the bullpen for them. This team, this team's a question mark. This is probably the the biggest question mark team I can think of. Arenado, very solid player still, obviously. I have no idea what Pujols is going to do. I have no idea what Molina is going to do other than catch. Goldschmidt, we'll see what happens. Tommy Edmond should be playing a little bit. You know, he should be punching above his weight class a little bit more this year. He didn't have a fantastic year last year, but, you know, he should play better. Dylan Carlson should play better as well. Harrison Bader's got to get the, the bat going a little bit more, in my opinion, um, and for in order for this team to really compete. But Bader's one of the best defensive outfielders in the league. Tyler O'Neill, one of the better bats as well. So, this team could definitely compete. They'll need some players to step up a little bit more offensively, though. And I think they can uh, I think they could do it. I think they could win this division if they had a couple guys step up. Again, I don't know what they're going to do with Yadier Molina. He's kind of just wheeling his way to the finish line. I don't see him providing a whole lot um, offensively anyways. He was a relatively decent last year defensively. Um, but, you know, again, I don't see him um, providing a whole lot more than just being a pretty solid backstop. Um, especially offensively. So we'll see what happens with the Cardinals. I don't know exactly. I think they could beat the Brewers in the division, but they need a couple guys to step up um, for them to do that, especially on the offensive side of the diamond. Uh, Moving on to the Chicago Cubs. Cubs fans, you're going to want to turn away. It's probably not going to be very good. Uh, They don't have a a very good team this year. At catcher, still Wilson Contreras. He's been doing it forever. They also probably have Jan Gomes going there for a little bit. At first base, uh, first base, Frank Schwindel. Second base, Nick Madrigal. Uh, shortstop, Andrelton Simmons. That was one of the bigger signings for them in the offseason. Andrelton Simmons, one of the best defensive shortstop uh, defensive shortstops of all time. You can look it up. One of the best defensive shortstops of all time. Third base, Patrick Wisdom, as well as Jonathan VR. Uh, left field, Ian Happ. Clint Frazier as well. Probably will play a little bit of left field. Center field, uh, Jonathan, uh, excuse me, Jason Hayward and Ryan Ortega. In right field, Siya Suzuki, who's coming over from Japan, if I remember correctly. Japan or Korea, excuse me um, for my ignorance, but I believe it's from Japan. Um, he is, you know, one of the bigger signings for them as well, uh, especially with those international signings. It's kind of uh, kind of a big deal when they sign from Japan over to um, the United States and play in the MLB. So we'll see what happens there. DH, Clint Frazier, Wilson Contreras, kind of a bunch of different names there. Start, uh, starting pitching, they did sign Marcus Stroman. He'll probably be the prominent number one. Kyle Hendricks as well, Wade Miley and Drew Smiley, and then uh, relief pitchers, Michael Givens, David Robertson, um, Derek Norris as well, Jesse Chavez, kind of a bunch of different names in the relief pitching. I don't think it's going to matter, though. Cubs don't think they're going to be very good, unfortunately. 
even though kind of baseball is better when the Cubs are good. But uh, yeah, Cubs don't really have the lineup or the names on their roster to kind of compete, especially in the NL Central, with it being as top heavy as it is with the Brewers and the Cardinals, in my opinion. Uh, same thing, Pittsburgh Pirates. Same thing as the with the Pittsburgh Pirates. I don't see a lot happening here. At catcher, they got uh, Roberto Perez. Second base, Kevin Newman. Diego Castillo as well at second base. Uh, shortstop, shortstop's a funny one, and I'll tell you why. Cruz, and O'Neill Cruz, one of the, also a unicorn in this league, to be honest with you. He is six foot seven, 210 pounds, and um, he plays shortstop. Six foot seven, 210 pounds, and he plays shortstop. That is their starting shortstop. I, he could be a good player. I, you know, I'm not judging him by that. I just think it's in, interesting. Um, six foot seven shortstop is not something you see very, uh, very often. So, um, you know, hopefully he plays good. O'Neill Cruz, shout out to him. Uh, also first base, uh, I've, I skipped over him. Uh, Yoshi. Oh man. I don't want to mess this up. Yoshi Tsutsugo. Excuse me if I'm saying that wrong. He'll be their first baseman, third base. Key Brian, one of their prominent prospects that'll probably be coming up through the system. Key Brian. Hey, not very. He has come up through the system. Excuse me. Um, but he should be improving a little bit more this year as well. Key Brian Hayes will be playing third base. Uh, left field, Ben Gamble and Brian Reynolds. Center field, Brian Reynolds more often than not. And then Travis Swaggerty. And uh, right field, Ben Gamble as well, as well as Cole Tucker. Anthony Alford as well in right field. DHing Daniel Vogelbach more often than not. Starting pitcher, um, Jose Quintana, JT Brubaker, and Mitch Keller. Those are probably the prominent names. And then relief pitching, um, Keith Hembry they got. Chris Stratton and the David Bednar um, are also some relief pitchers. This team is not going to be good. Uh, the Pirates are not going to be very good at all. They've got some names coming up through the system. Brian Reynolds should go for a fair price on uh, on the trade market as well. So that could be something to look forward for. Look forward to if you're Pirates fans. Plus, you got the best home stadium in the MLB. So you know, suck it up. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, feel bad for Pirates fans. They should be pretty good. Other than O'Neill Cruz, he'll be fun to watch because he's six foot seven. He plays shortstop. That'll be cool. Um, but other than that. Yeah, Key Brian Hayes will be your your big guy going through the going through the system for the rest of uh, until you know he becomes a superstar. Hopefully, more often than not, um, hopefully um, that'll be Key Brian Hayes. Moving on to the Cincinnati Reds, um, the big name for the Reds catcher, not really a big name, I guess. Tyler Stevenson though, he'll be the the, the backstop there. First baseman Joey Votto. I feel bad for Joey Votto. This guy's been on this team forever, and they've never really been that good uh second base jonathan india who was a big name in the uh, big rookie last year for them very solid rookie should uh, shore up second base for a while uh shortstop kyle farmer and then third base mike moustakis uh left field tommy fam sent uh, center field nick senzel and then right field tyler naquin and then as well as a studio studios aquino i believe is how you say his name out in right field they'll be probably playing that a little bit as well uh dh Colin Moran more often than not, and then uh, starting pitching Tyler Manley, Luis Castillo, and then Mike Miner. Those are the big names of the in the uh, rotation for starting pitching, and then relief pitching uh, Luis Sessa, uh, Justin Wilson, and then Hunter Strickland are some big names you'll see in the uh, in the in the pen for them. Um, but this team's not going to be very good either. Unfortunately, they have some pretty decent names more than I thought they had. Like Tommy Pham, uh, he played for the Potters for a while. He was decent. Uh, Nick Senzel, he was okay. Tyler Naquin, he was pretty good. So we'll see what happens. Jonathan India, he'll be coming up um, through the uh, Jonathan India. He'll be getting better, obviously developing Jonathan uh, Joey Votto, still a very solid first baseman gets on base a ton. Doesn't strike out very much. So um, he's a pretty solid player. Still Mike Moustakis, another one of those guys, Kyle Farmer, and then Tyler Stevenson. The, the, the lineup's not terrible. It's not as bad as I thought it was, but I don't see them really competing for 
the league either. And they've got they've got kind of they've got kind of a fleece on a couple of the trades that they had as well for a couple of their guys. So I don't see them competing for it. The NL Central, though, I'll rank it like this. I'll go Brewers for their starting pitching and then Cardinals and then I'll go I'll go Reds and then Pirates. No, and then I'll go Reds, Cubs, and then Pirates. That that'll be my my NL Central um ranking there. Uh moving on to the NL West division, um starting with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh we'll start there. Um first off at Kessler, they got Carson Kelly. At first base, they got Christian Walker. And then at second base, they got Cattell Marte, who they just signed to an extension as well. Shortstop, Nick Ahmed. At third base, they got Josh Rojas. Left field, David Peralta. Center field, Dalton Varsho. And in right field, they got Pavin Smith. DH, more often than not, will be Seth Beer for them, uh, is what it looks like. Starting pitching, they got some decent starting pitchers. Uh, Madison Bumgarner, who I just found out, is in his lower 30s. I believe he's 30 years old total. I cannot believe that. I thought he was approaching 40. Uh, starting pitcher, Madison Bumgardner, Zach Gallon as well, and then um, Merrill Kelly as well. Um, Zach Gallon, one of the prominent names coming up as a uh, as a young player going up through that system. I think Zach Gallon should be pretty good, um, You know, maybe a little bit later on in the future. This team is not going to be very good, though. Uh, they did sign, obviously, um, Cattell Marte, but uh, I don't think it's going to really help other than you know Cattell Marte gets his money. Congratulations to him. I don't think this team's going to be very good, though, unfortunately. Um, relief pitchers, they do have Mark Melanson, Ian Kennedy, and then No Ramirez. Um, we'll see if they're any good. I don't think they're going to be any good. Um, it should be a pretty smooth sailing for the rest of uh, for the Dodgers, more than likely. Moving on to the Dodgers. Uh, the Dodgers should be smooth sailing through this, uh, through this division without any problems. Easily, easily the best, um, the best lineup in this league, bar none. Uh, catcher Will Smith, first baseman Freddie Freeman, second baseman Gavin Lux, uh, Trey Turner at shortstop, Jesus. Uh, third baseman Justin Turner, left field Chris Taylor, center field Cody Bellinger. Cody Bellinger has been struggling in spring training, having a rough spring training. Um, but you know, it doesn't really matter. They got names on names. Uh, in right field, Mookie Betts, obviously, DH more often than not will be Max Muncy. Starting pitching, Walker Bueller, Julio Urias, um, and then uh, Clayton Kershaw, Andrew Heaney as well. Uh, relief pitching, they just got uh, Craig Kimbrell, uh, Blake Trinan, and then uh, Bruce Dark Gratterall as well. And Daniel Hudson's in there as well. David Price is in there as well. Tommy Canely is a relief pitcher for them. They just got the, just one of the best lineups you'll see in the league, without a doubt. One of the best lineups I've seen in a long time. I can't believe they were able to hold on to Trey Turner, who is probably the best shortstop in the league right now, if not top three easily. Justin Turner still can hit the ball pretty well. Cody Bellinger, if he bounces back, this team will basically be un- unbeatable. Um, a catcher, Will Smith, right field, Mookie Betts. I mean, the, the list goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on. Um, and then Max Muncy at DH, who had a career year last year at 249, 36 home runs, had an offensive rating of 32.1 and 4.9 wins above replacement. Will Smith won a, had a great year, quietly a great year as a, as a catcher last year, 258 average, 25 home runs, 18.3 offensive rating, 11.1 defensive rating. And a 4.6 wins above replacement. So you can't win. I mean, what are you going to do? They make more money than God and they're going to use it and um, they're going to win a lot of ball games. That's a, that's a 100 win club for sure. Welcome to being a Los Angeles Dodgers fan, right? You can win every year. No problems. Uh, moving on to the San Francisco Giants. The most surprising team last year for sure. Um, had a fantastic season. 
and uh, looking to kind of repeat that as well. A catcher, they got Joey Bart, who'll be uh, you know playing in place of Buster Posey, who retired. First base, Brandon Belt. Second base, Tommy LaStella. Shortstop, Brandon Crawford. Third base, Evan Longoria. Left field, Lamont Wade Jr. Center field, Mike Yastrzemski. And then right field, Mike Yastrzemski as well. Um, center field will also be um, Shane Duggar um, a little bit. Or excuse me, Steven Duggar out in center field as well. And then right field, Mike Yastrzemski. And then they also got Jack Peterson, uh, they, who uh, signed from the uh, the Braves. So um, still a pretty solid lineup. We'll see if they can do it again. Uh, they kind of defied all odds, and this is a lineup that looks like they can do it again. You know, doubt them once, shame on you, or shame on them. Doubt them twice, shame on us, right? So uh, DH will also be Darren Ruff more often than not, and a little bit of Jack Peterson, and Wilmer Flores as well. Sure, uh, starting pitching, Logan Webb, uh, Anthony Descalfani, Carlos Rodon, who they got from the White Sox. It's a great signing for them. He's going to be a very solid pitcher for them. Uh, Alex Wood and then AJ and then uh, Alex Cobb as well. That will round out the starting rotation for them. Uh, relief pitching, relief pitching. They got Tyler Rogers. They got Jake McGee. They got Camilio Doval as well. I mean, pretty solid team all the way around. Um, I don't think they're going to be able to compete with the Dodgers this year. The Dodgers are just way too good, and um, I don't see it happening. Um, but you know what? Again, doubt them. Shame on us. Or doubt them once. Shame on us. Doubt them twice. Shame on us as well. So. And who knows what'll happen? Uh, Giants, they did it last year. Why not do it again? Moving on to the San Diego Padres. Um, should have a better team this year than they did last year. Um, should be better this year than they were last year, I should say. Um, I don't know what they're going to do with Fernando Tatis. Um, I'm guessing they play him at shortstop again this year, but he was kind of a mess at shortstop last year. So we'll see what they do. He is injured uh, the first few months of the season, though. So. We'll see if they can just kind of hold on and um, wait for Fernando to get back. And then, I mean, maybe they'll even excel without him. Who knows? Starting off, we've got Austin Nola at catcher. First base, Eric Hosmer. Um, him and Luke Voigt will probably share that role. Second base, Jake Cronenworth. Shortstop, Fernando Tatis, obviously, once he gets back. And then uh, Ha Young Kim plays shortstop. A little bit better defensive replacement for him for uh, Fernando Tatis at shortstop. Third base, Manny Machado. Left field, Jerks and Profar. Uh, mixed with Matt Beattie as well. Center field, Trent Grisham and Jerickson Profar as well. Right field, Will Myers and Nomar Mazzara in right field. Uh, DH, Luke Voigt, uh, Fernando Tetsis Jr. probably a little bit, and Austin Nola as well. Starting pitching, Joe Musgrove, Sean Manaya, Yu Darvish, Blake Schnell, and then Mike Clevenger as well. Starting pitching. And then uh, relief pitching, they got Chris Stammen, Emilio Pagan, Tim Hill, uh, Daniel, Danielson Lamette, LeMay, I believe is how you say his name, excuse me. So a pretty solid team, up and down. Padres should be good again. They kind of collapsed towards the back half of their season, but um, they should be better. Jake Cronenworth has continued to get better, even though he's you know he's 27 going on 28. That's basically the the prime of a baseball player's career. So we'll see if he gets any better. Fernando Tatis has got to be better defensively, but offensively he was very solid. 42 home runs, 25 stolen bases, 282 average, uh, 48.5 offensive rating, 6.1 wins above replacement. Manny Machado, 28 years old. He had 28 home runs last year as well. 290, or excuse me, 278 uh, average, 347 on base percentage. You know, 4.4 wins above replacement. Pretty solid player still. Trent Grisham should get better. He's young, 24 years old. Um, he had 242 last year, 15 home runs, 13 stolen bases, uh, 3.9 offensive rating, and a zero point, negative 0.7 defensive rating. So a couple guys that should step up and play a little bit better. Their pitching staff is going to be pretty good, I think. Joe Musgrove, you Darvish, Blake Snell. Um, all pretty solid pitchers. Blake Snell probably didn't play as well as you would have liked last year. And you Darvish could probably maybe step it up just a little bit. You Darvish had a 4.22 ERA last year. Not as good as you'd like to see. And Blake Snell had a 4.20 
ERA not as good as you like to see either. But Joe Musgrove, he held through 3.18 ERA, 3.3 wins above replacement. He was by far their best pitcher last year. So um, Padres should be better. Um, they got the lineup to do it. They got the lineup to compete. And um, they should be better this year. Should at least compete for a wild card spot. And if not, the division as well. Uh, finally, wrapping up the NL. We've got the Colorado Rockies. Wrapping up the NL and the NL West. The Colorado Rockies. Um, kind of talked about them a little bit last week um, when some of their acquisitions. They're going to have CJ Crone at first base, Connor Joe at first base, Brendan Rogers at second base more often than not. Shortstop will be Jose Iglesias. Third base, Ryan McMahon, who they just signed to an extension. Left field, probably be Chris Bryant, not at third base, um, like we're used to seeing him at, but he'll more than likely than not be left fielder. Center field, uh, Randall Gritchick, who they got as well as uh, Sam Hilliard. Um, Randall Gritchick, they got from the Blue Jays. Right field, they got uh, Charlie uh, Charlie Blackman still playing. Randall Gritchick, and then uh, Sam Hilliard as well on right field. And then at uh, catcher, missed catcher there, I believe it will be Elias Diaz more often than not at behind the plate to DH Charlie Blackman, Connor Joe kind of mix it up a little bit. Starting pitching Ramon Marquez, Anthony Sanzatella, Kyle Freeman, Austin Gomber. Those will be your, your big pitchers, uh, relief pitching Alex Colome, who they signed in free agency, Daniel Bard, Carlos Estevez, uh, Julius Chassin, and then Tyler Kinley, Lucas Gilbreth, a bunch of those names as well. Um, Rockies fans. I don't know if they're going to be that good. Um, it do, they don't really have the lineup, even though they got Chris Bryant. That'll get you a couple wins. I kind of stated this last week. I believe it was, or excuse me, two weeks ago when I was kind of going through their acquisitions. It'll get them a couple wins. I don't, and they're not going to compete for this um, for this division though. It's way too top heavy. The Dodgers are way too good. The Giants are better than them, and the uh, the Padres are better than them as well. So I don't. Uh, they're going to be better than the Diamondbacks. I think um, they might compete for a third place spot if the Giants or the the Padres disappoint, but. Um, I don't see them competing for a wild card spot or, um, you know, first place in this division either. So sorry, Rockies fans. I don't have a lot of hope for you. Um, but hey, you know, uh, you know, maybe next year. But, you know, also season hasn't even started yet. So I don't know what I'm saying. Who knows? Nobody knows. Uh, NL West, my predictions. Dodgers first. Um, I'll go Padres second. Giants third. Rockies fourth. Arizona Diamondbacks fifth. My World Series prediction. Drum roll, please. Um, I'm going to go Dodgers, Dodgers beating, I mean, I don't want to say the Yankees. I really don't want to say the Yankees. Um, it's probably the popular pick though is the Yankees. If not the Yankees, then probably the Blue Jays. I'll go, to, I'll go, uh, Dodgers over Blue Jays in six games. Um, and that's my world series prediction. Sorry, it was a little choppy towards the end. Kind of started tripping up over some of the notes that I took, but uh, we got through it at the end. I'm sorry if I got any names incorrect or anything like that, um, but there was a lot of names there that I had to read. And again, I was tripping up over my some of my notes that I took here, so apologies for that. But that's uh, kind of the, the baseball landscape as we get closer to MLB opening day, which is the 8th. I'm excited. I'm as excited as anybody else, so I'm excited to watch some baseball. It means summer, spring, and summer basically here. And that means you get to watch baseball, go play golf, you know, go hang out by the lake, whatever you want to do. It's almost here. And that's what baseball season connotes to me. So we're almost here, just a couple days away as of recording this. So get excited, baseball fans. We are going, we are here. Even though the lockout wanted to take it away from us, we are here. And baseball is finally here. That is going to wrap up the show for me today. I want to thank you all for tuning in. Again, apologies towards the end there. Uh, got a little bit choppy, but you know, 
messing up on my own notes. I apologize for that, but uh, we got through it. And again, thank you very much for tuning in this week. And sorry about last week as well, but thank you very much for tuning into this week. I should have a podcast next week unless I have another kidney stone. Knock on wood on that. But if not, I'll see you right here at the same spot, same time next week here on the Weekend Sports Wrap Podcast.